Just kidding. But if you were outside, to look a lot like Easter. <laughs> this is a Minnesota holiday, which means, I don't know, even in the 4th of July, I think, is it going to snow? You know, <laughs> should I wear my wellies? It has snowed in the 4th of around 4th of July before up in Ely. I had family. Are up. you kidding me? No. I, I was mean... like my one family weekend where we're all in a one bedroom <laughs> place and there's, you know, 15 of us and it snowed. And it snowed. Yep. Oh, I mean, I, you know, it's just par for the course, kids. It's Does, what spring is. I mean, because you're this. I feel like this happens to me every year in my mind that I'm so ready for spring and Easter and like I make yes. all these plans. And then it's always like the cute little kids in their Easter uh, dresses and their snow pants. This is. I mean, it's the flip of Halloween. It's the same thing, too, where we, you got so angry that you had to wear a jacket over your costume. This yeah. is kind of the same thing where you really want to be wearing your cute little bare legs and fluffy dresses and cute and little Mary Janes. Yeah, you want your sandals. It's just not happening. I'm a little mad, though, because I was, like, planning a big egg hunt in the park. Well, there's a chance that this could all be... I don't know. I don't know. I don't Did know. Did you see the long-range forecast no. for the next 10 days? No, I ignored it. Only it only gets to 40 once. <laughs> And it only gets to like 35 a few days. I'm not shoveling or plowing. Are you on your driveway? Or I, you don't have to. I'm a townhome liver. That's right. Never <laughs> the, mind. You've something purchased. Something already came through. You've purchased out of that option. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If I was you, though, yeah, no, not, I would no. just be ignoring it. I'm like, not shoveling. I'm not plowing. It is slippery, though. So be careful if you're driving. I will say that. Driving here was a little bit dicey, I was surprised, kids, so. I, surprised how slippery it was. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk about food and fun things, not just snow. <laughs> and not just snow. I mean, and it is pretty. It is pretty. It was, you know, I, I got up in the middle of the night you Me know, too. to go to the bathroom, and I was just like, I looked outside, and I was like, oh, that's lovely, but sad. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> was my thought too. I'm okay. I mean, I've already declared it rosé season, so I really don't care because rosé, you know, for me is the inside, so it doesn't matter anyway. I did uh, have a little uh, Gruner Vertliner yes. last night, and I thought of you. Oh, I do love a good Gruner. I, you know, and I was at the Certix wine sale, and I remembered this green bottle that we'd had at some restaurant. Oh yeah, and. And you were like, oh, I'm going to get a Gruner. And it was made in Austria. And I honestly think that I was at the place where they make it, the town. Oh, I think, yeah. I think I was. I'm I, having memory flashbacks for this yeah. for you and I. So I was like, oh, I'm going to pick this up. And then last Sunday we had our kind of first Easter. Yep. And I made a great dish, but it was not the lamb I was thinking I was making, but it was still good. Yeah, you did sort of have, I didn't know if you were Easter prepping or if it was just like a pre-show thing. I was making... We had our Easter first dinner and okay. today, then tomorrow we'll do brunch. But I usually we have like a grilled or roasted spring lamb with mashed potatoes and gravy and a vegetable, usually asparagus, and then, you know, a lemon meringue pie. Right. So I was doing the lamb this year and I saw this recipe that was more like a stewed lamb. Mm. And it was with oranges and olives. Oh, yeah. totally Moroccan. It was really just tasty looking to me. Yeah. And the recipe ended up to taste, I mean, it tasted wonderful, but it wasn't, it was kind of this soupy, saucy, 
lamb hunks, yep. not like the sliced pretty roast with my pretty vegetables. And it was a little of a heartier dish, I guess, that ate well. Yeah, it's it just, less. You're right. It is. It is richer and probably less light, if that's what you're thinking. And then thinking. I had risotto with spring peas. And I had the asparagus with the gribiche. Gribiche. You were all Which everybody liked that. Good. But it just wasn't. And again, the food was great. But it wasn't presentation looking wise. The Easter springy. (laughs) No. I had stewed lamb. Um, Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about your Jones in the Park dinner because I want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Before we do that, I want to talk about what we have going on in the Facebook page. We do have a question of the day, you guys. And I would love for you to pop over and give it a look-see. What we're talking about is tipping and not so much of like, should they eliminate tipping or should they not? If tipping, let's just give the conceit that in a place where, because a lot of places are doing this, they are just taking tipping off the, you know, off the uh, counter, if you will. And what I want to know is what what I've seen in two places. And then when I was in Seattle, a couple different things came around. Um, but the idea of do you want to know if the service charge, if they've eliminated tipping, but then they've put a service charge on to sort of fray, you know, defray the costs. Um, they're going to increase either the, the the price of your food for, to handle the minimum wage increase, or they're going to add a service charge to your check. So the deal is, would they? Do you want to know on your check that it says we're doing this because we want wage equity between the front and the back, and we want to pay for people's health insurance? Do you want that knowledge? Or would you rather just not have to see that, not have to deal with it, and you would just rather sign the bill for whatever, however much it is, if it, even if it's more? So, so this, there you go. We're going to talk about that right. later on this hour. Yeah. So we're going to have a big discussion or a fun discussion about that. And uh, so weigh in. Give us your thoughts, you know, and uh, how you feel. Okay. So tell us about the Jones in the Park dinner. Oh, wow. Because I love those ladies. I was a little jealous that I was out of Were town. You? Well, I didn't get an invite, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I know you love me, but you didn't invite me. I do. I do. You didn't invite me. It was, I had to think a lot about who I was going to invite because I could only have eight people. And you guys, I didn't make the cut. Just so you're clear. <laughs> but I think I knew you were going to be out of town. We're going to, we're going to believe that. No, because I didn't put it together until the month prior, <laughs> month before. I know, but I don't think I told you I was going to Seattle until All right. like well, a few days. That. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. That's okay. Um, okay, so Susan uh, Dunlap and Joan from Jones in the Park. I went to a dining out for life dinner last year and bought raffle. And you were at that dinner. We, yeah, we were there. And I bought raffle, which tickets. is why you would assume that I would be invited. So I anyway. bought, a, <laughs> I bought a lot of raffle tickets because I really wanted to win. She like <laughs> them coming into your house. I and had to help you fill them all out because you bought so God, many. And then I didn't even invite you. No, you didn't invite okay, me. Okay, rude. So, it's good because now I have something over you. Oh, like you need more. I mean, please. Uh, so the dinner happened and it was a small, intimate group. It's, and, and it was just to be clear, it's so that they would come and cook in your home. They cooked the it's dinner not like in my a house. Special private in their restaurant. This is like this is what I love about that. Yeah, like they were in my home. Yeah. And they came like a couple days before mm-hmm. and we just had a really good discussion. I had no restrictions like i i didn't care if my guests even had food allergies i'm like they don't have to eat whatever you cook like that's <laughs> their problem yep so they did food and wine pairings um first of all if you ever get the chance to do something like this it's pretty tremendous second of all they're such lovely people and i loved what they put together yeah what was also really interesting is the group i put together was um 
some close friends, but then also a few newer friends because mm-hmm. I wanted to see. And I had my sister come. Oh, you did. And my sister never comes to anything with me. She's not really a foodie. She doesn't appreciate it. Uh-uh. But we were having a psychic, too. Oh. We, everybody got a 10 minute psychic reading as part Was of the it dinner. Christine? Yeah. Yeah. So I really wanted my sister to come. And so it was very funny when um, Susan put out the appetizers and there was a uh, fish riette. There was a chicken liver mousse in like a cone. Mm-hmm. And there was um, a cheese and ham with like honey thing. And then, um, oh, a steak tartare. Yeah. <laughs> My sister was like, um, who gives you fish pudding for an appetizer? <laughs> Just like what? Cubby. She called it fish pudding. She really called it fish pudding. And everybody else like loved that. Yeah. And she was like, and she tried everything. I Good give her, her credit. Good for her. Then we got into like the meal yeah. and she loved the meal. So we had, we started out with this beautiful squash soup. And do you know how fun it is to have someone in your kitchen cooking you this restaurant like meal, but they're using all of your dishes That's and great. your stuff? So in a weird way, you can see it happening. Like, yes. I could do this again. And it just felt like, and they're cleaning up, yeah. and it was really fun in that way. So they did a, a squash soup. Then the next course was a, we had a, a gnocchi that had a scallop. Yeah. Or no, we had the scallop. Then we had the gnocchi. Then there was a little like mixed greens with a little mustard seed, and then a beautiful ribeye. And then at the end, they brought out a chocolate pot de creme and a lemon pudding, and my sister had like five of those. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a sweet person? She was like, how do you not know this? Like, as she's on her fifth one. Yeah, right? It was You're just, like, hello, we've lived together our whole lives. That's right. And they had a really great rosé that they served, a sparkling rosé that had a horse on it. And I'm going to try to find it in yeah. the break because I've had it at Certix before and it's not expensive, and it was lovely. So I'm going to try to find it. I got to tell you, I did that little rosé pickup. Yeah, you know, Just six of them. This was early. You know, this is like a first run. There's plenty of great rosés that are coming out in May and everything else. But I just wanted to say, I drank that land scoon, that the, the Pinotage one from South Africa that I've never had before for nine bucks a bottle. And it was spectacular last yeah. night. It was great. It was so good with my ramen. So I have bought is. some Vino Verdes, too. Oh, God. And they're not expensive. No, like, the Vino, and there's a Vino Verde rosé that was on my that wasn't on my list I don't think but it was in the mix huh, that I brought I on TV. reread your stuff. I know. All right gang, well we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We have a really interesting show today you guys. We've got a lot of fun stuff, some good questions. We're going to talk about uh, what servers think of us. We're going to talk about what we think of servers <laughs> and we're going to have a little bit of Easter fun stuff. So we'll, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish and we're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Uh, I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are so happy that you're joining us here on this Saturday afternoon. We've got a lively chat going on over on the Facebook. If you guys want to weigh in on uh, tipping and how that makes you feel, how you want to know about it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about something that came across my desk this week. Sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, and I kind of want your reaction to this as yeah. a reader, because I know you read prof- you know, proficiently, profusely, all of the pro words. I um, do read. You read a lot, and you read a lot of varied things, and you read a lot of coverage, and you read a lot of food stuff. So yep. what I would like to know, and this is from the perspective of someone who writes about food and writes about chefs and writes about uh, restaurants and also, but I do the reading too. Like I'm trying to decide where I lie on this and I'd like to know perspectives. 
What do you do and how do you think that the food world should handle it when you know that there is um, a bad actor or a bad apple in the bunch of a chef? Uh, in terms of how do you cover restaurants if you know that the person who owns it is not a good person or you wonder if that person is not a good person? So in the idea of what's happening with hmm. the Me Too movement uh-huh. and everything else, the question becomes if you know Someone is maybe not an awesome person. Do you, how do you handle that if you're talking about their restaurant or their food? And I'm going to give you an example to kind of put this into context for you guys. Now, Paul Key, if you guys remember, he is, uh, he was a finalist on Top Chef. It was maybe the last Top Chef season that I actually watched. It was a good one too. And I loved it. And I loved him because he seemed so, he was so obviously talented, but he was also, he seemed so like shy and reserved and he just seemed sort of, sort of sweet, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons he sort of captured, um, everybody's hearts. Uh, so he won top chef and of course, which catapulted him into, uh, and he won a James Beard foundation award for best chef in the Southwest in 2012. So obviously Austin was just a flame with Paul Key. Um, he went on to create three upscale restaurants after Key in East Austin. He went, he opened Otoko and uh, Pau and and Aki in Houston. So here's the deal, though. What the conversation around him changed after his arrest in 2016 on charges of assault and unlawful restraint after an incident in his Austin apartment with his then girlfriend in front of her child. So everything sort of went like you know record screech. Wait, what? You know what? And is didn't this he guy? go to rehab? He did. His trial His trial on this case is, by the way, scheduled to begin on May 1st, so it has been postponed. But They're he taking did, him to trial? Yeah, it's it's there's charges. Yeah, there's charges against him. Usually so, they plead him out, though. I, well, his trial previously postponed is scheduled to begin May 1st, so I, she's okay. obviously, or I'm not sure, but... So he disappeared from the spotlight. He went to rehab, which is, you know, a move, and then he came back to Twitter and said, I'm going to make amends. And then it, uh, that... I mean, he hasn't like done anything to make amends necessarily other than uh, release a new menu and try to open a new restaurant. So um, basically what happened is in August, the uh, the Austin American Statement published this long profile of Key, giving him a platform to explain himself, seeking redemption and declare that he was closing Key, you know, and that um, and opening other restaurants in the same space without his name on it. So he was going to like he was in his mind that was making amends, was taking his name off, closing Key and starting fresh. Um the rebranded restaurant was Cuneho, and after it opened, Patricia Sharp, who was Texas Monthly's food writer, and I read this review, she wrote about it because, of course, it's a new restaurant. Again, this is where I find where, like, what do you do about this? Um, she wrote about the food, which she enjoyed, and near the end of the piece, she briefly acknowledged that Key's name had been in the news for reasons unrelated to his cooking. Quote, unquote, I hadn't seen him since his unfortunately well-publicized stint in rehab this summer, she wrote, and I had a sneaking suspicion that the failure of the demanding restaurant might have been the best thing that could have happened to him. Okay, so, and the question that you're wondering right. is how do you cover somebody that is not maybe a good person or has some charges pending against them? And your your job is to, is to be a restaurant reviewer or mm-hmm. restaurant critic and then what it's kind of like <laughs> what well, do you do well first of all we're in this weird me too moment and we are here because it's a moment to have don't it get is me a wrong reckoning. when i say weird i don't mean it's not valid we're in this weird we too moment but let me pull it out just for a second and put you in another context okay remember when like all these rumors were swirling about michael jackson mm-hmm. and various musicians 
and you still have to review the record, you still go to the concert, or you know that the guy from um, what is the apparel company that he was a completely sexist pig uh, behind the scenes. Anywhere Apparel, is that the name of it? I'm going to say the wrong thing. Okay. um, American Apparel? Yes. Okay. That guy was a complete creep and complete sexist. There are these people that walk through all the walks of our life, and we don't necessarily know about their private lives and know about their deeds, even though they own companies. And we can talk about the president of the United States, actually, that do you separate the man or the woman from their job in the coverage of them? Whether it's in the restaurant business, the music business, the president of the United States, whoever that would be, it it puts the writer in a weird position. Well, and there's something too, though, and this is, I was talking with um, somebody about how restaurants, you know, we always talk about how when restaurants close, people get like emotionally wrecked for it. And they have these connections to restaurants because it is an emotional experience. So is that, I mean, like if you're comparing like your dry cleaner, do you know if your dry cleaner is a jerk? I mean, if you have you taken the time to find out whether your dry cleaner is an ethical human? No, you don't. So you just go about your day because you can't possibly as a human do that. But the difference is you're not really emotionally connected to your dry cleaner. And we're not writing about our dry cleaner. When you're writing about a restaurant or a musical review or political coverage, it's all about the context and the subtext, right? Yes. Because it's what you bring to the 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 job, the dish, the music. Right. It's all like a personal expression in some ways. Now, here's the hard part too though. I mean, this is a case where this guy who has apologized and said he's going to and did go to rehab and, you know, acknowledges badness or behavioral things but yet he's still on trial he hasn't been convicted of anything necessarily so he's not necessarily guilty till proven but how do you i mean like and so if you're there to talk about the food do you like it is a restaurant and i guess part of my problem is too is it is a restaurant full of people who are working there and they're putting their jobs you know like it's not just six four one one oh seven one by the way if you have any thoughts or comments or yeah if you want to weigh in on this this is definitely a conversation and and if you want to wait till they ask stephanie portion too either way um but this is interesting to me because you know it's like the the hard part is all of a sudden now the writers are being held almost at a different space by a lot of people you're the judge and the jury yes and and i i don't know what to do about that and i'm going to tell you that there's been an instance that i'm not going to tell you who but there was an email that came into my inbox this week and it it was an unsubstantiated mess of complaints and charges against a local chef and there were also names crossed out and redacted and everything else. And it was just a, a very strange jumble, but basically accusing a local chef of a horrific act. Um, and I thought, what What are you supposed to do? Why did they send that to me? And then what am I supposed to do with that? You know, because Honestly, if it was me and you're not asking my opinion, but I'm going to give it. I would if it was a criminal act, I would probably forward it on to the police. And say this was sent to me. I don't know if any of these accusations are legitimate or not, but it feels like there was some kind of a crime or something happening here. Here it is. Yeah. And I would go on with my day. Even though there was no, here's my worry about it. This was, there was no accountability on this. Nobody put their name on it. No one said this to me. No one sent it to me saying, hi, my name is Sally Jones and I have seen this thing and I want your help in this. It was copied to a lot of people and there was no names. There were places that were crossed out. There was incomplete information. My question is, do I then assume that and then start something that could maybe ruin this person's life? Because if you get 
yeah, somebody involved in this. It's complicated. It is. It's a very but strange I would say place. If you're going to write that letter, whoever wrote it, and you know, people are afraid to speak up, and I understand that. I know, but. It's we need to speak up because if something let's just say that horrible thing did happen and I don't even know what it is, but it's likely that horribleness is going to happen to someone else. So sometimes we have to put ourselves in a place of uncomfortable uncomfortableness in order for the greater good of humanity. Right. I I agree. But I also know that lives can be ruined by unsubstantiated things. And what I worry about is that I worry about that. And then I worry about how much is my role? You know, I mean, as a human, I for sure want to protect people. But then as they weren't they weren't sending it to me because I'm their friend. They were sending it to me because they wanted because I have a platform and they wanted it splashed. And that's what I worry about is like it was uh, like they should have gone to the police first. But and why is, not? This is the very unpopular next part of this question, okay? <laughs> so you look at somebody like a Paul Key. He has, uh, supposedly, he's on trial for these crimes. Yep. Um, at what point does anybody get redemption? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, looking at... Um, well, Mike Tyson has redemption. Yeah, like, this you is go, man to, who if you go com- to jail <laughs> and you serve your rape, time to jail and you do your crimes... And is in movies now. Then do we move on? I don't, it's some a strange do, question. But some people don't. I don't know. I and, know. And Harvey Weinstein, I mean, that man is. I don't know and, how he can ever. He can't ever he show can his ever face again back. in the world. No. I mean, he just can't. And from what it sounds like, he should. And look at Louis C.K. Like, he did, he, he acted inappropriate. He confessed to acting inappropriate. He's trying to do better than acting inappropriate. But can he ever be Louis C.K. again? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Although Roseanne is back. Okay. Oh. <laughs> With that, I want to thank you. Thank you for the your perspective because it was yeah. it's just really interesting. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. And when we come back, we're going to have some more fun chatter. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. We are brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. All right, everybody. Welcome to The Weekly Dish. For whatever reason, I'm Stephanie Hansen. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you know, I forgot to say who I was. You're Stephanie March. That's what happens. And for whatever reason, we have kind of a talky show today. I don't know. Hopefully that works for you guys. Sometimes you're, if you're we... just tucked in and having a cup of coffee, this is great. Yeah, you know? sometimes we... Uh talk sometimes we laugh sometimes we show i don't know these are kind of funny though and um so in the star tribune this week which i am a digital subscriber the headline that caught my eye was this what your restaurant west want west want wait staff what your restaurant wait staff really thinks about you three twin cities servers dish on customer ordering habits and I was rolling, and at the same time, I was like, huh, I wonder if this is all really true stuff. And I know a lot of servers listen to this show, so if you want to weigh in, you are welcome to. But here's what supposedly <laughs> restaurant servers really think of us, okay? Okay. Um, they were asked, what are the biggest job annoyances? And here they are. When a customer starts ordering before I've had a chance to greet them, no hello or are you ready, Equally annoying are unprepared people. This does bug me. With counter service, you'll have lines out the door and people will get to the front and look at the menu for the first time. Okay, so that bugs. Uh, yeah. If I'm standing behind you and you're like analyzing every single ingredient in the food, could you have called ahead, please? You're just wasting everyone's time. You mean at a counter service thing? Yes. Yeah. Get Although, ready. I mean, but that's that to me is that's I mean, like, that's a whole topic that we can get into later. But that's the thing is like, that's what restaurants are. They should be service. 
And so if, if that's my only chance to get service from you, that's where it's going to happen. Okay. Get, how about this one? Standing in a store, local store, paying my money, yeah. ringing up my stuff. Yeah. Someone calls in. You answer the phone. They need you to like look something up or find something. That person like talks with them. No, yeah, no. While I'm Put standing them on there. hold while you then finish sets your transaction. The phone down, then goes and looks for whatever it is that they're looking for. In the middle of your transaction? Yeah. No, that's doesn't not. Doesn't say okay. like to the other person in the store, "Hey, can you come help this lady?" Yeah. I my dog and my husband are standing outside because I'm <laughs> they're waiting for me. Yeah. And f- I was getting to the point where I was going to say, "Um, could we just finish up here and maybe you could call that person back?" Yeah. But I didn't. You didn't. I no. would have said that. Finally, the person said that they needed to get some more research and they would call them back. But this was like no, 10 minutes of me standing there. One transaction per moment. Okay. So like you're having a transaction. They they should answer that phone and say, you know, uh, I'll be with you in a moment. Yeah. That's what they should have said. That's what I thought too. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the biggest annoyances though for the servers yeah. are the messy kids. Going back yeah. to a table with crayons, syrup, and jelly all over the table and seats. I know. I Kids are messy. Kids are messy. And if you're the mom of the messy kids, which I've been, yep. you know, you do your best. You bring maybe your wipes or whatever, or you compensate by an extra generous tip because you know that that staff is going to have to clean up after your piggy child. And I would say alert your staff, alert your server to say, I will pay I will give you a big tip. Or just say, I know my kid's making a huge mess here. I will reflect that in the tip. Yep. Thank you for being patient. Yes. There's nothing wrong with discussing that, I think. Here is a question we may have to have for a later date. Okay. Stacked plates. My husband is so, when you stack a plate in a restaurant, he Wait, are you talking if a server stacks a plate or if you, the You, the customer. It bugs, it does it bug the waiter, wait staff. Oh. If you stack plates. And the answer is helpful until the stack falls and the server has to clean it up. But do you think it's I rude? Think, I don't My think... husband does not like it when you stack plates at a restaurant. He's like, you're not helping them. Like, let them do their job. Um, I have a weird thing about I don't want them to scrape the plates at my table. Um, <laughs> that is gross. I think when they start to like, they take one plate and they set it down and then they scrape all yeah, the other plates like, let's onto do that, that plate. in the back, please. I don't, we don't need that to happen at my table. <laughs> no. That can happen in the back. So I do guess you stack your own plates. Though. I, I never do, but I don't, I guess here's the thing. Sometimes if they're in the way, I might stack, I might just put one on top yep. of the other and shove it to the middle of the plate of the table. But I'm not a big, I don't believe in like. I'm helping them by stacking something huge. Right. That seems ridiculous. Um, They did say that don't snap, whistle, you're not a dog. You know, all of that goes without saying. Right. Um, They said, these three servers, standard tipping is 15%, generous is 20%. If it's counter service, please still leave something. At a tap room, a standard tip is a dollar a beer. Wait, these are, they only did three servers on this? Yeah, it was just a conversation. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought this was like a big study, but okay, three servers. Um, I wonder about that in terms of uh, where, yeah, I mean, you know. That works for me. 15 is standard, generous is 20. I'm all 20. Tap room, a buck, a drink. Yeah. Counter service, leave something. Sometimes I usually do unless it's coffee and you're just pouring it that I, I know don't. but counter service is that weird thing now I know we're, we're gonna, gonna talk about that have more conversation about that um every single shift they say that uh these people have been stiffed so yeah. as a server that's part of the job that happened to me too yeah um, oh my god I remember getting like 75 cents on like a 60 dollar tab you know yeah Just like that was it and you feel bad but you're, you're like, like okay right. um for every 30 plates they drop off, someone sends food back. 
The biggest issue is meat temperature. Um, so I thought that was interesting. They also said that... Um, I think that's absolutely true. People expect the food much faster. So they say uh, at a diner, breakfast is about 15 minutes, dinner about 20 minutes. But people expect like a burger or a steak to come out in under 10 minutes. I think that's weird. Do you notice that at all? No, okay. I don't. But I don't notice. I mean, I don't know. I think... I don't know. You'll I think also, I, there's a 20-minute ticket time on almost everything in my book. In my brain, it's a 20-minute turn on anything. Yeah, that seems about right. You know what I mean? If I'm ordering appetizers, between the time that I say what I would like, and you know, unless and if they're coursing the whole meal, then I feel like that there's a 20-minute time between when your plates go. Right. Like, that's standard. And if anything, sometimes it's easy, quicker, but I don't want it to be very much longer. Um, they did make a comment that everyone is on their phones. Yeah, which I, I know. thought was interesting. They're Everybody like, is everywhere. Um, let's see. They also this one was interesting too. Do you comment when someone barely eats? So when oh, someone barely interesting. eats, is it because they didn't like the food and they maybe didn't want to say something to you? And as the server, you're trying to interpret people's unspoken actions too, right? Mm -hmm. It said they always offer a to-go box, and if someone seems visibly upset, I'll ask if there's something wrong. Luckily, they said they don't come across that situation too office too often. I mean, I think if someone barely eats, you say, is your food to your liking? Is there something I can do to make this better for you? And then they say, you know, I'm just not that hungry. That's fine. That's what you've done yeah. what you can do. But I do think it behooves you to ask. It's not about a personal question. It's, is there something wrong with this that I can fix? Um, how about this one? Uh, how do you deal with increasing requests for special foods? And they said, the ones who are picky without the allergies are the worst. Now, I take offense to that a little bit because <laughs> my husband actually has a weird allergy to wine, which it doesn't make him like go into anaphylactic shock, but he gets his nerve nervous system gets jangled for days Yeah, where he can't sleep. He's got like electric shocks in his fingers. It's a very weird thing. So he will say, like, I don't have a food allergy except to wine. And he'll go through the list of the things he can't have. Yeah. And it's like you can see the people when they'll say, like, well, are you allergic? Yeah. Like they're trying to make a distinction. Yeah. Uh, most of the time when people say they don't eat something that's not allergy related, but just a fad. This is the servers. Yeah. I get frustrated with people who don't actually have gluten allergies, but still order gluten free. Or if people are on Whole30, I don't go out of my way to try to help them find something they can eat like I would with someone who's seriously allergic to dairy. I think that is a horrible statement. If your diet is so restrictive that you literally can only order fruit and eggs, why are you going out to eat? No, their diet is not that restrictive. And you are a place where you're offering a service. This is my feeling. I mean, I understand like, you know, if you I, I do get both sides of this. I really do, because I understand that when someone wants to like basically alter your entire menu and you become not a restaurant, but a grocery store yep. in that way. I do feel like that's but they're probably there with people who are enjoying things differently. So why wouldn't you be able to maybe move things a little bit left or right for that person? I You're still taking service. their money. And there's a lot of food. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people that have weird stuff. And so. your little judgment about whether they're actually allergic or just on a diet. <laughs> Stick it. Yeah, exactly. Stick your judgment. That is not why you are there. That is not what you are doing. You are supposed to be one? there to help. Can you tell when two people are on a first date? They asked oh, them. And yeah. they said sometimes they try not to eavesdrop, but you definitely hear a lot of the first date questions while attending bar. Have you ever been left in a restaurant by a date? No, but I've left a restaurant. Okay. I've it's left awful. a date in a restaurant. Okay. I've, I've gotten into left. the back and I've been like, I'm just going to go because this is so bad. <laughs> I just have to sneak out the back door. Yeah. I have been left. 
and then sat and cried while the server is trying to figure out like how to handle me because I'm sitting there crying. Oh my God. <laughs> That's pretty great. She was very nice to me, yeah. but like gave me a lot of time to just because I waited for the longest time thinking he was coming back, but he didn't. <laughs> And then I started to cry. So there was that whole time. Um, I did have a breakdown in the airport once and not go to my job. And I was sitting at the airport bar and this guy, I just ordered a beer while I was waiting for my other flight. And he just looks at me and goes, are you okay? <laughs> and I said, I am. He's like, okay. And then that was it. That was like the full interaction. That's good. good I thought that know. was pretty good. Good to know the level of okay. <laughs> so those are the things that the servers really think about you. <sighs> Which, you know, for the most part, it was what I expected. I know. It's pretty good. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, it is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, so feel free to give us a call if you want to weigh in on server nightmares or if you want to talk about bad boy chefs or bad girl chefs. Or great servers. And maybe that's, you know, swing it to the positive. And when you're reading a review, do you want to know about the chef's personal backstory? Yeah, I would love to know. So 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. We did have someone who was on the line earlier who didn't want to speak. Yeah, she said that she goes out to dinner with her father-in-law, and he snaps at waitresses. He's not very polite, and she's wondering how to... How to handle it. Handle that. Um, Hope, she said something else, too, besides snapping. What was the he second whistles thing? He whistles or uh, just raises his glass, probably, like, to like, get uh, attention. Like, fill it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's embarrassing, and she doesn't want to be rude because it's a family member, but what do you do when you, do you do? don't want to go out to eat? But you kind of have to with a family member sometimes. Oh, you know what? Know. Here's my <laughs> terrible answer. Yeah. You do nothing. You well, try to limit your exposure to going out with them and maybe mm. suggest that you eat at your house. I was going to say, or you maybe when you arrive and you meet your server for the first time, you say, excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. That's smart. And then, you know, cut her off and be like, so look, here's the yes. deal. He's a jerk. He's kind of a bear. He's a jerk. I'm sorry about it ahead of time. I will, I'll leave you an extra. I will take care of you for this, but just know this is not the rest of the table, how we all feel. And, and then maybe that will mitigate perfect. The, the situation. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. I like that a lot. And then you're in conspiracy with the server. And, and then like, you can like roll your eyes, you know, being like, uh, and you don't have to feel the embarrassment. Do you ever do this with friends? Like where, you know, you're with a group of friends or colleagues or whatever, and they're you know, nickel and diming the tip and they were kind of a pain and you just like throw a little oh, extra in do. there. I always throw extra in there. I do too. And then they're like, like if, well, if you throw extra, then we have to throw extra. I'm like, no, you don't. Oh. You give your tip. I'm giving my tip. Like, I don't, don't even, worry about me. I don't say it. I just say if I know but that they if we look. all agree. Sometimes well, people look and really? they'll go, well, you left. And I also say sometimes like, well, I'm in the business. Yeah, I just so. say for me and for my, for my personal <laughs> reputation and yeah. also for the fact that I know how hard this is i don't mind throwing a couple extra bucks six five one six four one one oh seven one jerry seinfeld does the comedians in cars and he was interviewing sarah jessica parker at a coffee shop and she left like a 15 percent tip on her latte or whatever and he was like what are you doing he's like don't you leave a good tip she was like no why should i just because i'm an actor have to leave like an extravagant. He was like, I leave a hundred dollars wherever I go. Because if I goes. don't, someone writes about it. Right now, there is. I that, thought that was interesting. That is. We do have a caller. We have Jennifer on the line. Jennifer, I think you might have a pet peeve. I do have a pet peeve. What Let's do you got? You. <laughs> I do not like servers with really long fingernails. <laughs> Drives me insane. They because it weirds you out. 
it weirds me out. It's like, it's not, it's, it, it's a cleanliness thing. I mean, are it's they cross-contaminating food? I, I no, actually no, no. am going to agree. A, it grosses me out. I'm having, I don't have a gross factor with it. I always kind of feel like, how are you working like that? Like, <laughs> I don't understand that, but I don't, I'm not grossed out by it, but that's a really interesting perspective. I find it gross. Huh. I do too. I just Thanks think there's food much. underneath your nails. Yeah. Sorry. And not who knows lie. what else? <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. We that also have Peg on the line. Peg, what's going on with you today? Well, I was just listening and I was laughing about nickel and diming to death, the tips, et cetera. Yeah. Now, my experience has been when I go out with a group of gals, um, they don't even ask anymore if you're in a nicer restaurant. They just give you separate checks. Oh. I mean, I find that really a common practice. Oh. So we like that a lot better because they make more money anyway, I think. Yeah. You know? I think they do, too. Yeah. But we were, we were always good tippers anyway. Well, it's funny because it used to be, you know, way back it used to be like this thing like, oh, asking to split the check was such a exactly. burden on the server. But now with the accounting systems and the POSs, it's so easy. It's simple. And they do it a lot of places. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Thanks, okay. Peg. Bye. Yeah, I also think that having, I also think that if when there's a group of like six to eight people and putting like there's an automatic 18 to 20% gratuity on that, mm-hmm. I understand that because they know ahead of time how much they're dedicating in, in a weird way with that idea. I feel like they know they're, they're going to pay attention to the group because they know that already. I What bugs me about that, and I hope this doesn't take us down a rabbit hole, is when they have a built-in service charge and then they're still aligned for tips. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't thing. like that because I, I think it's misleading. Well, I do think that there's a thing like, well, there's a thing with there's, you know, when you do catering jobs, they have a service fee yeah. and then there's also the assumed tip on top of right. that. I don't know. I mean, this is all so interesting to me because of the way that it goes. We do have another caller on the line. Okay. We have Alicia who's on the phone. Alicia, what's going on today? Hi. I love you guys. Um I was a waitress for many years, and I'm old now, but uh, <laughs> I, as a waitress, the first thing that I was taught in a restaurant was to try to get the plates out from the people yep. so they didn't have to look at their dirty dishes. So to me, when I was having to bust my own tables, stacking the plates, not super high, but right. stacking the plates and bringing them forward was such a help to me, yeah. and it was so wonderful, and... And now, of course, that's just my opinion and stuff like that. But I, I always felt that the people liked it a lot better. You know, that especially if they wanted to just sit around and chat after a while yeah, or to have get coffee the food and stuff out. like that. But um, table okay. maintenance. It, it yeah. also depends on whether I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, whether you have a bus boy, if you have a bus boy or a bus girl or person, um, and they're going to come clean the table. Still, I would. It's just so ingrained in me that you know I pick up plates even off of other people's tables if I see that they pushed them to the side or whatever. I just thought of that as a courtesy thing. That but, is true. That that if they are already stacked on the table and you haven't a team a teamwork aspect is grabbing those plates because you know that they're done and they want them gone, which yeah, is kind of a also, nice thing. It also moves. Uh, the people faster and you get more tables. This is true. <laughs> there is well that. done, Alicia. Thanks for calling. Well, but it makes. There is a question here. Okay. Do you want to take it? Do it. Uh, in New York City, I had a great Korean fried chicken at Boshan. Do we have anywhere in the Twin Cities to get Korean fried chicken? Um, Just, I always think of... The uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, rabbit hole. That's what I said. Yeah. I don't know about... Is there any, anywhere else? I don't know. I'm thinking like the Korean places, you know, like Soleil Cafe or... I don't think they do um, Korean Kings chicken. Kings up in Fridley. 
I'm wondering if those have um, Don Yang. I don't, honestly, I always get like bibimbap or I get, yep. you know, when I go there. Don Yang, I love that place. I know, I know. It's such a yummy place. Um, I also think the Korean fried chicken is, is, is we were talking about it and it was at uh, Red Rabbit on their late night menu. Yes. And I think a lot of people are doing that where they do it as like a special and that's what makes it hard to yep. find. A late night. Yeah. All right. I think we have Teresa on the line. Teresa, hey, what's your question today? Oh, sorry. Of course, I was just thinking about the person who talked about putting the plates up front or whatever. Yeah. The, what annoys me is that little mechanical machine they want to charge you with, and they leave it on the edge of the booth or the table or whatever. Oh. And so you can't put your plates out there. Oh. So, I have no idea what you're talking about. What, those, um, what mechanical machine? Is it like for when they're doing their ordering, be a Palm yes, Pilot kind of a thing? Ordering and paying, and you can play games on it if you want oh, to. like an iPad. Oh, got it. Got it. That thing is just annoying to. Have oh yeah, okay. Like it, at those those tables that have the iPad as their as their service thing. Yes. Got it. Okay, those That's are a, annoying to me. Yeah, too. those are annoying to me too. <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. We also have Susan on the line who wants to weigh in. Susan, what's going on? Hi. Say, I was at dinner one night with a few people, and um, there was a gal in our group that was evidently quite. Um, upset that she had seen a napkin on the table with a little bit of red something and she assumed it was blood and the whole meal was spoiled oh because it was so hypochondrial oh, oh really that's unfortunate that oh thanks for sharing thanks for calling susan that's the worst oh my gosh you guys we've got to take a quick break you guys we're going to come back we are going to have the second half of the show we have meredith Thieves coming on she's going to give us some good fun tips about what's going on around town and uh, we will have all the good top two in hour two. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit.